Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward and I'm joined again by my co-host, uh, Pastor Phil Congdon. We're glad to be back. It, it has been a while, Phil. We we took a little a little longer break than I think we were both planning to uh, at the beginning of the year this year. And uh, we're, um, we're back on track. I, I'm excited about today's conversation because today's conversation is centered around a a very interesting topic. And that topic is, is there anything that you can do that is so despicable, so heinous, so sinful that it, it preempts you from, from being uh, allowed into heaven or, or to put it the other way, sends you straight to hell. Yeah. And uh, Phil, I, you know, yeah, this is a big subject, big subject, man. There's um, a, there's a, and and again, in Christian circles, you know, we know the the Sunday school answer here, but I think that there's there's a lot of our culture that um, that gravitates towards a uh, an answer that um, might surprise a lot of people. So, Phil, you wanna you wanna go ahead and maybe just kick us off with a word of prayer as we yeah, we talk dive into this. Loving Father, Almighty God. Thank you for your word and that we can bring things to bear um, from the truth that is found there and apply it to our lives. Uh, Lord, none of us um, stands before you um, with any merit of our own, but um, each one of us has claimed your mercy and your grace. Today, we want to discuss that, and I pray that you'll give us wisdom as we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, this subject, um, uh, something actually brought this to the fore. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, back in December of last year, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure some, many of our listeners are very familiar with Dennis Prager and Prager University. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I have uh, been helped immensely through so much uh, that uh PragerU has produced the programs they have, uh, the five-minute videos they have on just about every pressing social issue. Uh, They, uh, time and again, have revealed truth. Uh, And in, in no way are we going to be today saying anything positive or negative necessarily about Prager or PragerU. Uh, we are not trying to get people to listen to PragerU. We're not trying to tell people not to. But uh, this program is about assurance and grace. And it's about how a person can be assured uh, that they are in God's eternal family. And uh, Dennis Prager is not a a Christian in the sense of a, of a believer in Jesus Christ as God's son, God's Messiah. Uh, Dennis Prager is uh, uh, a Jewish. He's, I guess he would be called a, to some degree, uh, Orthodox Jewish. He is a, a faithful Jew uh, and holds to, as far as I know, uh, Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um. He wrote an article, and it was prompted by uh, 
something that is probably one of the most disgusting things I think anybody would agree. And that was this neo-Nazi kind of uh, an idea, uh, white supremacist uh, idea that that the Holocaust never happened. Mm. And uh, I know that probably all of our listeners are probably saying, oh, brother, what a bozo, what a nut job. Somebody is, you know, they've flown off the cuckoo's nest. But the response of Dennis Prager to this was a little bit different. And uh, what we want to do is just sort of as the springboard into what we're going to talk about today is I want to read uh, a couple of things that Dennis Prager wrote. Now, the title of his article, and this was on December uh, the 6th, I believe, Mm -hmm. of 2022, was if Holocaust deniers don't go to hell, there is no God. Now, as normal, Dennis uh, Prager has stated this in a way that is intended to uh, amplify or magnify what his point is. And that is that this is one of the worst things that anybody could do is deny the Holocaust. But there are two things that we're, I want to just park on. The first one is this, and, and I will quote from Dennis Prager in a moment, but that is the idea that Dennis Prager is right that some sins are worse than some other sins. Sure. Um, and, you know, we could get silly about this, but everybody would understand this. This is what Dennis Prager said at the beginning of his article. It is a central tenet of moral theology that there are gradations of sin. To argue that God views stealing a towel from a hotel and raping a child as moral equivalence renders God a moral fool. And doing that to God is a sin. If we mortals perceive the universe of difference between such actions, it goes without question that God does too. So this is self-evident. I think, uh, and I don't know that any of our hearers would argue this point, and that is that there is a difference in sins. Um, So in the Old Testament, uh, there were some sins that God said, you, if you commit that sin, you bring such and such a sacrifice. If you commit this sin, you bring this sacrifice. If you commit this sin, there remains no sacrifice for sin, that sin, uh, but a certain expectation of terrifying judgment. And so we'd say, okay, I understand there are differences in sin. Um, and, and I think this is something we probably know, and you've probably taught this to your kids, uh, that you know, there, there are some things, you know, that you shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. There are other things, if they do, that excites your your judgment right away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I... Every parent would probably <laughs> know that. Um, so, anyway, that's, that's the, the background here. But then Dennis Prager writes about the Holocaust and how horrible it was, and 
and in graphic um, anecdotes, he tells about the horrors of the uh, of the Holocaust that more than six out of every ten Jews in Europe was put to death in a period of a few years by by the Nazis, uh, and that when World War II was over, uh, the soldiers, uh, Eisenhower made the soldiers. He wanted people to come and see this. He said they need to see this because otherwise nobody will ever believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was incredible. Fast forward to 2022, last year, and um, uh, probably most of our hearers have heard of neo-Nazis. There are some of them around, uh, uh, whatever they want to call themselves, uh, uh, but some of them are denying the Holocaust. And and they're not just in America, they're around the world, but one of them that excited Dennis Prager's anger was an American. Uh, and I think he has a podcast or he's a social, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? A, he's uh, an influencer of some yeah, sort. Some, yeah, some sort. Anyway, and so at the end of his article, after he's talked about the, the, the heinousness of those who would deny this, he said that these Holocaust deniers and those who ally themselves with them will go to hell if there is a just God. Hmm. Now that raises a question. Is it true? If somebody denies the Holocaust, is that proof positive that they're going to go to hell? Um, and this is um, where we need to, we're going to actually spread this out a little bit. So uh, we're not going to dwell on just Holocaust deniers, and we're really not going to dwell on Dennis Prager either. Mm-hmm. But this issue, is there a sin so bad that if you commit that sin, you're going to hell? The, what Dennis Prager, we've already said it, what he said about gradations of sin is very true. It's right. It's, it's taught in, in Scripture. Uh, in the Old Testament, you had the sin of the high hand. If somebody shook their fist in the face of God, that was a sin that uh, God said, you, there's no sacrifice you can bring that's going to cover that sin and restore your fellowship with me. Sorry, it's it's the only thing you have left now is to wait for the judgment to come. Um, in the New Testament, Jesus said that it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for Capernaum in the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's saying, well, what Capernaum did in rejecting Jesus and rejecting that evidence meant that their sin was worse than the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have Jesus there, that kind of a thing. But, you know, there, there are some things that we need to, to discuss here. And that's, first of all, um, what, what sin makes us fit for hell? 
Well, the, the truth is, is that any sin makes us fit for hell. Let's just say for argument's sake that you're a really good person and you only commit little sins uh, and I commit some really bad sins. Which one of us is destined for hell? Well, I'd say that uh, we're both destined for hell, Phil, because yeah. the, the issue here is that there's a, that God's holy. And, and yeah. so he's, we've got two of his attributes here that we're dealing with so far, his, his holiness and in his just nature. Yeah. And if that was it, then Prager would have a point in saying what he's saying. But that's not all of the attributes that God has. The, are they? the thing is, is that by, by application, if God is a holy God, mm-hmm. then while it is true that the Holocaust denier goes to hell and the murderer and the rapist, so does the liar and Absolutely. the gossip and uh, the person who's proud and the person who's greedy. We're all going to hell and, on the basis of that. And just so maybe the listeners can can understand what we're talking about, the holiness that we're talking about is perfection. It is God's standard oh. of perfection that that he he is. He is perfect. That's his essence. Yeah. And and to that's why sin is 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 so bad. Is because it's a rebellion against God in some yeah. ways and and is a dis- distortion of of his perfection and and uh and so he can't abide that in his presence and anyways i didn't mean to go down that rabbit trail but i think that's a really important point uh, you go back to the beginning of genesis mm-hmm. what was the sin that opened the floodgates of death on the human race jesus said in the day that adam and eve sinned they would surely die well they they ate forbidden fruit mm-hmm. We might say, well, that certainly isn't that bad. I mean, as sins go, they they ate some fruit they weren't supposed to eat. But anything that is contrary to God and God's commands, his will, anything that that is contrary to that is sin. And so we may say, well, that wasn't that bad of a sin, but... That sin opened the floodgates of death on all the human race. So in the same way, any sin that we commit is going to send us to hell. And in the New Testament, when it says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, means we've all sinned. It doesn't mean we've all sinned as bad as we could possibly have sinned. Right. It just means we've sinned. Right. And then when it says the wages of sin is death, it means that the wages of all sins, not just some sins, not the worst sins, all sins, the wages of sin is death. So here we are, we're all stuck and we're caught in this. And while we are agreeing here that there are some sins that are worse than others, we recognize all of a sudden that it isn't just the worst sins that mean you're going to hell. It is all sins that condemn us to hell. And this is where the good news comes, and that is grace. And this is assured by grace. Mm -hmm. And for by grace, 
you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is by grace through faith in Jesus that that the terrible uh, penalty of sin is finally paid and eradicated. That penalty of sin had spread to all men because all sinned. And so we all have got the same cancer. We're all headed toward uh, an end of death and hell. And God steps in, and by his grace, he justifies us. How can he do that? Because Remember, he's, you said he was just. Mm-hmm. He had to have a payment for that sin. And that's where Jesus Christ, the perfect, holy Son of God, paid the price for all our sin. And so now we have kind of, maybe we're beating this horse to death, but we want you to understand that there are many people who are going to rate sins. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And there are sins that are terrible sins. I think that, say, a Holocaust denier, I think that's terrible. Murderers and rapists, and we can mention some of the terrible sins. And you know what? I think that most people they understand that that a terrible sin, they recognize something that maybe has hurt them. Somebody did something wrong to them. Maybe there's somebody you were abused or, or you were abandoned, uh, you were beaten, you were whatever. Those are terrible things, and you've experienced that. And you say, that's the worst kind of sin. And they are. They're terrible sins. But you know what? There is no sin that makes a person beyond the grace of God. Mm. This is a, a words from a hymn. Come, ye sinners, lost and hopeless. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And this is a this is a promise for each one of us to not limit the power of God's grace. Apostle Paul wrote that where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And, and it is true that you and I, I look at people and I, I say, oh, what a terrible sinner. What a, he's awful, a terrible person, whatever. And then I have to stop and ask myself, is that person beyond the pale of God's love and grace? No, he's not. So, well, if we want to go full circle, I would say, well, if Prager is right, that we, we would vilify. Um, we would have no, we would have no uh, affirmation for a person who would deny the Holocaust. What we would quickly say is, if there is any 
sin that could keep us out, like whatever level of sin you want to 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 mark. If that level of sin is a level of sin that precludes a person going to heaven, then our salvation is based in part on our works, on how we behave, on not doing something too bad and doing some things that are good. And according to the Bible, if righteousness comes that way, if we can get to heaven that way, then Jesus did not need to die on the cross. Mm. You know, Phil, it, it, it strikes me, too, that the the vessel that, that came to us was God's grace. That's what, that's what establishes uh, our ability to, to be with God for all of eternity. And that, yet yeah, that grace comes through God's love. It, mm-hmm. His love is, the, is what is the, it's the attribute yeah. that pushes yeah. that grace forward. And as you're sitting there talking about all of these heinous things, it just struck me that, you know, God loves and, and on the cross, he, he, he demonstrated that love for all of us and for, and he paid that price for all sin. And so no, no matter what a person does or, or people will do or have done, uh, Jesus paid that price on the cross. He died, was buried and, and was resurrected so that, that every person has an opportunity to, uh, to spend eternity with him. Yeah. Yeah. That is love a, is just so big. It, it, it's interesting. This, this spreads into a lot of different areas. Uh, we've talked about some of these before, so this will be a reminder for some of you who are uh, watching and have watched before. But uh, you will find in many Christian um, circles, you will find people who will, who will teach that uh, unless you persevere in your faith, and that means different things to different people, if you don't do that, well, then you weren't saved. You're going to hell. Other people will say, well, maybe you were saved, but you lost your salvation because you you, you started sinning or, or you stopped doing good yeah. good deeds. And we have names that we've, we've referred to these people in short of a shorthand. Um, sometimes they're, we refer to Calvinists because they would believe in in uh, perseverance and 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 Arminians, it's another branch of theology, and they believe that if you don't do good things, you you lose your salvation. Uh, lordship salvationists; these are people who would say that uh, unless you make Jesus Lord of your life, which means again that you're going to live certain ways, and if you don't live that way. Well, then you either have lost your salvation or you prove you were never saved in the first place. All of these kind of fit together in this this general category of you're saved by believing and your works. And uh, and that is that is a uh, something that undermines, first of all, grace, because if it's by works, it can't be of grace. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's either a gift or it's something you earn. Yeah. 
And the second thing is that you don't have any assurance. Because if it's by works, then maybe I've done okay today, but how will I do tomorrow? Well, and, and Phil, there's, so we can, we can certainly uh, take issue with what Prager, Prager says in this, in this in, one just respect, in this article, just yeah. in this one respect, but there are other issues out there today oh, yeah. uh, that are, that are more, I think, insidious than what we're dealing yeah. with here. Because for instance, this intersectionality, it, it, there is a kind of a new woke religion that is, mm. that is centered on this, this philosophy that uh, some folks are are just born uh, as the oppressors, and so therefore, yeah. you never are going to be uh, in a place where you're fully justified if you're born as a low level oppressor. And if people aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, intersectionality, uh, Phil, maybe you can kind of give us a, a 30 second crash course there. Well, intersectionality is uh, is the idea. It's an expansion of um, the idea that, you know, we had Black Lives Matter, which was an idea that um, that um, came out as part of uh, the 1619 project mm-hmm. and all of this idea that if somebody was uh, African-American, that they were intrinsically, it was just by virtue of their skin color that they were oppressed. Mm-hmm. And if your skin color was light, white, uh, whatever, that you were by virtue of that an oppressor. Mm-hmm. And then that idea, once it took root, all of a sudden, they said, well, wait a minute, there are a lot of other categories here. So now we had intersectionality. So, uh, for example, uh, women were oppressed. Men were oppressors. Okay, that was the next one. And then, then they started dealing with different racial groups, and they would rate them on how high they were on the oppressed uh, meter, if you will. And so, you which, know, everybody if, started getting rated. If you're not familiar with oppressed, it, it just means victimized is, is yeah. basically yeah. what that's Yeah, they victimized is good. So, and we can be honest uh, here about this. If you know about intersectionality, uh, Caucasian males are the Uh-oh. worst <laughs> of all. We are the oppressors well, of everybody. H- heterosexual Caucasian. Well, that's true. Heterosexual, but both of lower. us are still heterosexual. A lower. So yeah. you can see it got into, yeah, uh, whether your sexual preference, whether you were mm-hmm. transgender, and and all of a sudden now, people were propping themselves up by collecting how many of these victimized uh, roles they could have. Everybody wanted to claim I'm more of a victim when you have even members of the British royal family and so, claiming that they're victims. You know, it, it kind of is, oh boy. Oh, I, absolutely. And it, and it becomes this, it, it has really uh, snowballed into this yeah. movement that we see today. Uh, and the, the reason I wanted to pick this up at this yeah. point was because there's a piece of this, Phil, where you know, we were talking about justification. Um, you know, Prager made the statement that uh, 
those that don't believe in the Holocaust are, are can, can't be justified. Yeah. Um, and in this, in this doctrine, this, this philosophy, if you want to call it that, how does justification work there? You're right. It doesn't, there is no justification, but there is constantly, you are trying to, um, you are trying to assuage your own guilt. Uh, and so what you're going to do is you're going to appease those who are, who are victimized and you're going to place yourself beneath them and, and honor them. And so we see things like reparations, you know, we all, we need to give more things. We see equity versus equality that, you know, we have to give something and what we're doing in all of this is we're trying to do something to make ourselves acceptable. And you are correct that what happens is if we say, if we just started with Prager and this is a very low level kind of a thing where, you know, if this guy, uh, the Holocaust denier, if he doesn't go to hell, there's no God. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. What if there's a God whose grace is so great that his grace can even forgive that on the basis of the blood of Jesus, his own son. Okay. That's something. That's the issue that we started with, but what this whole woke religion has is for everybody. We justify ourselves. Well, I'm a victim or else we do something to assuage our guilt and therefore we're going to, again, justify ourselves uh, by trying to do something to make right what, uh, what our skin color has made wrong. And, yeah, and you can't ever get there. The, the, the irony to me is, is how the end result uh, for, for, for both anecdotes is so similar. The, the end result is a, an inability to meet a standard and, um, and the, the hope that we have, the hope that I hope that anybody listening to us today can have, will have, does have is that you don't have to listlessly hope that you move far enough in a certain direction or that you're not doing something over here. That's preventing you from, from meeting a certain standard. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to believe in Jesus he, in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel message. He died for your sins. He loves you. Yeah, and, that, and that's a great place for us to end. Thank you uh, for listening. And if you have any uh, follow-up questions about this, uh, the, the issues of wokeness and intersectionality, uh, these, these are issues that uh, have sort of seeped into culture in the last decade or less. And, and yet they are affecting a lot of the ways we view the world. And, and we're going to come back over and over again. We're going to come back to the fact that God broke through time and space and sent Jesus Christ, his son, to live here on earth. And that is the solution to every one of these problems. Every one of the problems that sin causes and even the worst of sins. Maybe you're right now, you're watching and you're saying, 
Oh, Phil, you don't know what I've done. You know what? God does. And Jesus died for you. He loves you that much. Trust in Jesus as your Savior and accept his forgiveness for your sin and the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Phil. Thanks a lot.